welcome to a very special episode of Awaken the Extraordinary. It's the holidays, right? They will be here before we know it. I mean, we're actually kind of already in the thick of things, right? And I know people are shopping and making lists and figuring out what family to avoid, I, I mean, gather with. And I thought, what better way to add to the chaos of the holiday season than to drop a holiday-themed episode? So grab some eggnog. It can be spiked, not spiked, whatever you'd like. Sit back and enjoy the episode. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another holiday-themed episode of Awaken the Extraordinary. I think the holidays season is just a wonderful, fun time, and I don't listen to a lot of podcasts that um, actually feature holiday-themed episodes, and I figure I have a podcast. Why can't I do that? So that's exactly what this is. If you tuned in last week, I did a deep dive about Elf and really the ending of Elf. And this week, I am focusing on Fred Claus. So Fred Claus is that movie, I think it came out in like 2007, maybe, with Vince Vaughn and Paul Giamatti and Kathy Bates thrown in there for a little fun. And as the movie talks about this is a movie about Santa Claus's brother Fred (laughs) you've never heard of Fred Claus before I'm thinking but this movie is not really about Santa it's about like his family dynamics and his brother so Vince Vaughn plays Fred Paul Giamatti plays Santa and it's he's great as Santa but the movie starts off, you know, they they live in this cabin. I don't even know what year it is, but it's like a long, long time ago. Um, it looks almost kind of medieval-esque to me. And Fred is the older brother. And he seems to be, you know, a good kid. His family, his parents seem to love him. His mom, their mom is played by Kathy Bates. And the guy, I can't think of the guy's name, but he's kind of insignificant in the storyline. And the movie opens with the birth of Nicholas. And, you know, Fred falls instantly in love with him. The baby is like so stinking cute, very roly-poly. And Fred makes the promise to be like the best big brother ever. And I feel like... Nicholas is this kid that seems to do like nothing wrong. And when Fred does something, it's like Nicholas steps it up a notch or 10. And it's not intentional. It's just who he is. And Nicholas starts getting all of these accolades and Fred's just kind of like, well, what about me? You know, like I'm here. I matter. But because I think Nicholas was just doing these things that were dialed up a few notches, Fred just kind of got overshadowed, I think started to feel like he wasn't as important and started to resent him. I feel like one of the biggest shifts, and this is when they're all still really like little kids. And I feel like one of the biggest shifts in the relationship came when 
it was Nicholas's birthday. Fred gave him a journal that had Nicholas's name on it. So it's this leather journal. I'm assuming the name was like branded onto it. So obviously it took work and was very thoughtful. And Nicholas is like, thanks. Like, this is great. And he's this super, super cute kid. Oh my gosh. Need more coffee. He's this super cute kid. And he then takes the journal. He's like, oh my gosh, this is great. And he puts it in this pile of stuff. And so Kathy Bates is like, where are you taking that? And this is like immediately after he gets the journal. And Kathy Bates is like, where are you taking that? And he said, oh, I'm taking it to this boy who, who has nothing. And Kathy Bates is like, oh, that's such a, a thoughtful thing to do. And so Fred's feelings are hurt. You know, he just spent time making this, giving his brother this really thoughtful gift. And his brother isn't even waiting five minutes before he gives it away, likely to someone that is not named Nicholas. And so then Fred makes a comment of, you know, why do you think he's really going to want a journal with the name Nicholas on it? And so, you know, there, that's when their relationship is, is changing. And Fred hangs out in this tree and talks to this bird and he's talking to the bird. It's really quite sad. And as he's sitting in the tree, talking to the bird, the tree gets cut down. Well, Nicholas is cutting down the tree because he just thinks Fred loves the tree so much. And I don't know that he realizes at the time, like why Fred loves the tree so much. The bird became his confidant. There was a little bird house that likely Fred made for the bird. It gets me choked up even thinking about it. And Fred is just devastated and he walks off and Nicholas just kind of stands there confused. Like I was cutting the tree down for you. Why are you upset? Like you love this tree so much. I want to like cut it down and give it to you. And Fred just walks away and he's just really, I think he's really sad that this little friend that he had is likely no longer going to be there because the the bird flies away. And I think he's just pissed. It's like one more thing that his brother does and it just, it just sucked. And there's like a scene in the cabin where you know, I think it's it's Christmas morning and Fred's sitting off by himself and Nicholas does something or says something and Fred just gets pissed off and throws an apple at the back of his head. And Nicholas just turns around and the look on his face, he's so hurt. And the parents ask what happened and he just kind of plays it off for Fred. So Fred doesn't get into trouble. And that scene, you just, you feel for both of the kids, because you understand why Fred is acting out and it doesn't make it okay, but you understand why. And then Nicholas is just this really thoughtful kid, but probably doesn't think about things as much as he should, but he's a child. He's very young. And then you see him like covering up for his brother too, but he's hurt because he doesn't really understand why his brother doesn't like him. So you just see all of this play out in their childhood to give you context, you know, for when Nicholas becomes a saint, becomes St. Nicholas and known as Santa Claus. 
So then it goes to present day. Oh, one of the things that they also share is that when someone becomes a saint, they stop aging as does their family, I believe. And like any partners that they have, um, I say family, but I feel like we see Kathy. Well, we don't know what time, like what at what point in time Nicholas became the saint. I'm guessing like older because once he became a saint, he stopped aging. So I guess that makes sense that the parents would be older. Um, <laughs> aren't you happy you get me super early on a Sunday morning recording this? So anyway. He becomes a saint. The family stops aging as well as any partners. So if Fred or Nicholas get married, their partners stop aging as well. So they're just kind of like stuck in time. So then we go to present day and you see Vince Vaughn and he's this, he's Vince Vaughn. So I love him, but his characters don't seem to vary a whole lot. Like, I feel like he just is Vince Vaughn in every movie and I like it but that's who we see so we see like this this fast talking witty guy very charming and he's hard up for cash like I don't know I don't remember like what the details are but he needs money and he needs like 50 grand and seeing him like go back and forth with a guy he owes the debt to (laughs) it's pretty pretty entertaining and I'm like man I I need to uh I, I need to get that skill because I mean, he he really tried to like negotiate the dates as to when the debt was due, but he's so like fast talking about it. It's, it's pretty impressive. So anyway, you see him like he's in, I don't know, big city, Chicago, maybe. And um, he's trying to talk his way out of getting this debt. So, you know, like, He's probably not in the best of places. He's also dating Rachel Weisz's character. Her name is Wanda. And I have to admit, I'm like, what does she see in him? Like, she seems very intelligent, very sweet. And I'm just like, hey, I I don't understand the dynamics of this relationship, but I'm sure we'll have a little bit more insight later. So he's trying to swindle people out of money like he he's on the street corner kind of posing as like a salvation army santa and super super charming trying to get people to donate to the people i work for the people blah 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 it's pretty funny you see a santa gang run after him and it you just get a sense is like he's really desperate he is trying anything he can to try to get this money to get out of the debt. And you see all this knowing kind of how he grew up, like he really grew up in his brother's shadow. So for me right there, that's kind of hinting at like, yeah, you know, you see these people engaging in these behaviors, but there's a story behind those behaviors. And we know a little bit about his. So his brother, he realizes, hey, my brother is Santa Claus, so he can give me some money. So he calls his brother and his brother, like, and he's like 5,000, that he's, he does this fast talking thing where he's like, let me give you a gift. You give me 50,000. I'm going to give you 5,000. Let me do this as your brother. Like, it's just, <laughs> you see like Paul Giamatti sitting there and he's just like, 
wait, what? And his wife is sitting there. I think his wife's name is Annette. And his wife is sitting there and is just like, Fred is just full of shit. Like, I don't know why you keep like helping him. Like you could just see she is just like over, over Fred, over the drama, over him trying to take advantage of his brother, use his brother. And I see it kind of two ways. I see, you know, he knows his brother has the ability to help him. He knows his brother has a big heart. And I don't see him as like swindling him so much as just like really being desperate for help because of the choices he made. And this is kind of the the behavior, the skill he's developed to try to get himself out of jams because I'm thinking he probably had to do that a lot, you know, when he was a kid growing up in his saintly brother's shadow. So then Nick gives in and is like, I will give you this money, but you have to come up and work it off. Like you have to earn this. You have to come up to the North Pole. You've never been to the North Pole before to visit me. Like you need to come up here. So he's like, okay, fine. But I need this money by like December 23rd. And I don't know what date is that, what the date is that all of this is like happening. But in the midst of this, like while he's, I think, like getting ready, you see this kid, Sam, who also lives in the apartment complex. And I don't know, I want to say Sam is like about 10 years old and kind of this tough talking kid. I think it's the same kid that was in the movie Role Models with Sean Williams, Scott and Paul Rudd, which I love that movie too. So I think it's the same actor and like you... You see him go to like an orphanage. So what happens is like earlier in the movie, you see that Vince Vaughn has his character, Fred, has this friendship with this kid. And I don't think he understands like the full scope of this kid's situation until like he's getting ready to leave and people are coming to take this kid to an orphanage. And I guess it's an orphanage. And you learn that this kid's dad passed away and his grandmother has been taking care of him, but she can't take sufficient care of him any longer. And so you see like Vince Vaughn being really sad and I don't even know why I'm getting emotional to me when they, when they present like his friendship with this kid. You can see he has a heart. So yeah, he's he's this fast-talking guy. He totally comes across as manipulative. But then to see him have this relationship with this kid, and he is kind of passing on some of his cynicism to the kid. But the fact is, like, he cares about the kid. He doesn't have to be friends with this kid. And when the kid is getting picked up to go to the orphanage, like, you can tell it impacts him. And so... There's that. And you know that that plays into the storyline somehow. Otherwise, like they wouldn't feature it in the movie. So then he goes to the North Pole and he um, meets like Willie. So Willie is the head elf. And then he meets like he sees Charlene. So Charlene looks like an a normal sized person who I don't know if she's an elf. Like if Santa just hired her, I can't remember that part. Charlene is played by Elizabeth Bang. She's beautiful. And then he meets, you know, you see Annette 
And then there's DJ Donnie, who's played by Ludacris. And that whole scene, like that whole thing with Ludacris makes me laugh because one, just seeing Ludacris as an elf is kind of ludicrous. Um, it's funny. And he's playing like the same song over and over. It's like, here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus. And all the elves like love it. And Vince Vaughn eventually just gets tired of that. But that's later. So anywho, he finds out that his job up there is to determine like which kid is nice, which kid is naughty. So there's the whole naughty, nice thing. And his job is to figure out which kid is naughty, which kid is nice, because they don't have enough toys for all of the kids in the world. So they need to determine who's nice and who's naughty. And they have this giant snow globe. So they have this list and it changes. And so there's this giant snow globe where you can go for like additional context. If you want to see a particular moment, like a present moment happening to give you context, then you can go to this giant snow globe. And so there, there's a kid featured and I think his name is like Johnny Rollins or something along those lines. And so they go over to the snow globe and I might get this wrong. I don't know the movie like as well as like Christmas Vacation. But anywho. Okay. So anyway, there's this thing about Johnny Rollins. And I think, oh, okay. I remember now. He bit somebody. Like, I think he bit his dad and his uncle or something along those lines. And so he's like, well, you know, Fred's or Nick's like, that's pretty straightforward, right? Like he bit, he bit them. And Fred goes, yeah, but why did he bite them? Like, are we thinking like he was just, oh, hungry? And and so he's like, why did he bite them? And so Nick's like, I don't know. I, I assume that they got their hands too close to his mouth. And so again, like, it's just that little, that little curtain being pulled back a bit more about like the why behind the behavior, like not just like making a decision based on what someone does what, what's the context. And so then I think they go to like a snow, then they go to the snow globe and they see like a kid on who's on the naughty list, like kind of thrashing his sister's bedroom, I think with like a plastic baseball bat or something. And so like Fred's like, yeah, like that's pretty straightforward to me. Like that's pretty cut and dry, but it's like, but why is he doing that? Like what did he seriously just walk into the room and thrash it? Or did something happen before that? Like, is there a piece of the puzzle that we're not seeing? So it's interesting because to me, like, like that scene really relates to what you're seeing at the beginning of the movie where, yes, if you were just looking at like Vince Vaughn's character as a child. So if you're looking at Fred as a child, he looks like he's an asshole kid. But then when you understand the context, when you understand like why it's because he's feeling like he doesn't matter as much. And, and, and it actually Kathy Bates, like Kathy Bates is like this overbearing mother who does not understand boundaries. Like when it comes to like the marriage of Nick and Annette or just being respectful and sensitive to her children, like they have this family dinner scene, which is pretty entertaining And, you know, she mentions to Fred, she's like, you know, why can't you just be more like your brother? And 
my heart broke when I heard that because I know so many kids hear that. And I'm just like that right there. Like he didn't feel valued and appreciated for who he was as a kid. And that impacted him into adulthood. Like that shaped so much of who he became as an adult. So, you know, you see that scene and, and Fred's like, okay, but why, why is he doing this? And it's interesting because I'm like, looking at him and his character, you wouldn't imagine he would have that level of insight. But again, because of what you know about his childhood, he does like he, he actually does think about things, even though I think the perception that many of the people in the storyline have is like that he doesn't, that he's not this thoughtful person. So he tells like, he tells his brother, he's like, you know, like sometimes kids, like they're both naughty and nice. Like they're not all just one thing. And like I said, his job is to determine if the kid is naughty or nice based on the file. So then he, um, he looks at the snow globe like later on his own, because he's like, this is a pretty cool freaking thing. So then he sees his girlfriend, who's like a parking attendant, like a, we call them like a meter maid. Right. So as she's about ready to give this guy, this ticket, um, he comes in and I think, I think his name was Denny or Danny. He was on Grey's Anatomy. I think he had a relationship with Katherine Heigl's character. I don't know why I remember that, but I do. So it's that actor. He, he like comes in and, you know, it's Rachel Vice. She's beautiful. And so he like starts hitting on her and invites her to dinner, asks if she has a boyfriend and so Fred's standing there with Willie and he's like, get ready to see, you know, a guy crash and burn. And then she tells the guy, no, like, I don't have a boyfriend. And it's like, well, Fred was a shitty boyfriend. Like they were supposed to go out to dinner and I think he forgot. And so he made plans, excuse me, to go to like this sumo wrestling place because it was the billboard that was standing behind Rachel Weiss when they were talking. And I think he didn't show up. So she's there at this place like crazy weird place and then he doesn't even show up and so you know yeah he's kind of a shitty boyfriend so then like you could tell like that hurt him yes his ego took a hit but you could tell that that hurt him so again I'm like we're seeing that he's like a sensitive guy and then it's probably reinforcing like he's he's not good enough like I'm not lovable like all like this script that he's had going in his head since he was a kid so then this guy comes in on a helicopter played by Kevin Spacey and with all of the controversy surrounding Kevin Spacey, it's kind of weird to watch movies and like his work, but you know, he is a really good actor, all of the other stuff aside, <clears throat> but he shows up, his character's name is Clyde Northcutt and he is kind of like uh, an efficiency expert so he's a total asshole. He really just seems to thrive on making people feel like crap and being a buzzkill. Like he just seems to love that. And apparently there's a board of directors in regards to Santa and his whole um, enterprise. And they're threatening to shut Santa down 
And then he goes into this like kind of funny thing about like the tooth fairy, like the tooth fairy is only going to get like one tooth and like the Easter bunny, we're shutting them down. Like that makes no sense. (laughs) Like just like all of these childhood fantasies that we, I don't know that I feel like kind of add to the magic of childhood. He's like basically nixing them and he's like getting off on it. Like he loves it. So he is this efficiency expert and even though he's like trying to determine whether or not they should be shut down, like he wants them to be shut. So, and then you find out why a little bit later. So how Kevin Spacey's presence is presented to like Fred Claus is that he is like from human resources and, you know, he's talking about like the presence and all of that, that stuff. And you know, kids getting presents or not getting presents. And he's like, you know, Nick's telling Clyde, he's like, you know, part of Christmas, like part of what Christmas is, is being grateful for like what we have. And Kevin's basically like, yeah, what, what the fuck? I don't, I don't give a shit about that. So then you go back and uh, I didn't realize this was going to be a play-by-play, but <laughs> that's what it is. So Anyway, you go back and uh, that song, DJ Donnie, Ludacris, is playing the song over and over again. So Fred is just like, what is this? Like, I can't stand it. The only thing breaking up the monotony of the song is you screaming into the microphone and like announcing the song again. So he puts that song by Elvis Presley on this like, stop, look and listen, baby. That's my philosophy. And uh actually used that in a reel a while ago and the elves at first are like what the hell is this and then they get into it and it's like a party and he's dancing and so for me like when I saw that I was like he he's adding value like these these elves as you know they're working but they're doing their job but he's bringing in like personality he's bringing in fun he's bringing in lightheartedness And to me, like that kind of speaks to needing to have a balance. Like, yes, you, you can work all day and have your nose to the grindstone, but there needs to be enjoyment. Like there needs to be enjoyment, I think in your work and in your life, like there needs to be fun and seeing Vince Vaughn just be what I think is Vince Vaughn and incorporate that into this workplace really it was kind of cool because like these people probably didn't know like what they were missing out on like they didn't even feel like they were missing out on anything but because he exposed them to something different they're like wow this is this is actually really cool this is really fun like one of the I think it's like a couple like an elf couple and I think they're married and she's like what is this noise Or, or one elf says that and he's like the other elf is like, I don't know, but I love it. Like he's loving it. And I'm like, that's so cool. Like he's, they're getting exposed to different things. And to me, like, that's part of the value that Vince Vaughn's character, like it adds is Fred is fun. And yeah, he might not have all of his shit together, but it's like, if you're looking for a good time, you call him. And I think having a good time, like we should be having a good time we shouldn't be working all the time. We shouldn't be burning ourselves out. Like if things are enjoyable, then why the fuck are we doing it? 
that's what I ask myself like every day at work. And uh, the reason for that is because I need to provide for my family and I need a stepping stone to opening like my own business, but it's not fun. I want to do shit that's fun because when I'm having fun, I like myself better. I'm just a better, more fun, more authentic version of myself. And I feel like so many of us have just kind of accepted that there are certain things that aren't going to be fun, you know, like it's normal to hate your job. And I've talked about this before and it's like, I'm not saying the elves hated their job, but it was, it was just work and he, he lightened the mood. So that's kind of what I like took away from that scene. So then we have like the family dinner that I mentioned earlier and, you know, his mom, Kathy Bates, like, I'm just, oh, she's like the queen of guilt trips and shaming. And I like, cannot stand that. Like I've talked about it before. I think like guilt, shame, and blame are like the Holy Trinity of manipulation. And I, and I feel like I see it all the time, like in family dynamics, in like the media, like in our world, like our culture. And I, and I think it's so ingrained in us that we don't actually realize when it's happening, but it's to me, like when people are like saying, oh, other people should like apologize or shaming people for not doing things or not believing a certain way. I'm like, you realize that's like a manipulation tactic, right? To try to get people to do what you want them to do or believe what you want them to believe. Like, how about a better way is to try to like understand kind of like for me, what a large part of this movie is about is like understanding why someone's doing something, why someone's believing what they believe. And then just respecting that instead of trying to get people do what you do what you think they should do or think the way you think that they should think just because that's what you think is right. I hate that approach. So when I see like Kathy Bates' character, I'm like, oh, and I'm hypersensitive to that because that's what I grew up with. And I would say only within the past couple of years when I put a lot of distance between myself and those types of people has it shifted for me? But yeah, like I'm hypersensitive to that. So when I saw her like acting that way, it just totally like pissed me off. And, and then like, as a mom, seeing, seeing it be so obvious that she prefers one child over the other, like it broke my heart. Like it broke my heart for Fred because I'm thinking this is a huge part of why he ended up the way that he ended up the resentment that he had for his brother. And the thing is like, for me, the resentment that he had for his brother, it didn't even really come from Nicholas. The reason that he felt the way he did about his brother was because of how his parents responded to what his brother did and then compared that to what Fred did or wasn't doing. And they didn't give them like the same level of acknowledgement and accolades. And so I feel like that's where the resentment started. And then, you know, when 
those, those things happen. Like he gave the journal away and he cut the tree down. Like that just fanned the flames that were already there. But I wonder like if his parents had treated them equally and the favoritism wasn't so blatant or maybe didn't even exist, like how would he have responded to those situations? Like maybe he still would have been hurt, but maybe it wouldn't have been to the degree that it was. Okay. So they're at the dinner and Kathy Bates. So one of the things that she does is like shame Fred for not showing up to like the anniversary party that Nick threw. And it was quite the shindig, I think she said. So Nick is like, yeah, you know, he was really busy, but he got you that really nice massage massage chair. And he's like winking. As I say this, I'm winking. <laughs> he's winking at Fred and Fred's like, why are you winking? Like, what are you winking? Why, why are you winking? What, what does the wink mean? And, 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 you know, I'm like, dude, fuck, like your brother's trying to cover for you. But then I think too, like he was like, I don't want him to cover for me. And so Kevin Spacey is there. Like Kevin Spacey's character is there and he's just like observing things, you know? And I think the dinner, like the dinner kind of ends when Kathy Bates is like, you know, why can't you just be more like your brother? And so then he's just like, I'm I'm out, you know? And so Kevin Spacey's like, so interesting like when you meet someone's family and he's just smarmy and I don't know I'm just like how much of this is really him in real life (laughs) like I don't know it was it's I think it's the first time I've really watched anything with Kevin Spacey since just all the hoopla about him and uh I'm like this is just really kind of uncomfortable but anyway the mother you also see like was not so Kathy Bates's character like you also see like as I mentioned earlier she's not respectful of boundaries or relationships like she's super overbearing so like even the relationship between like Nick and his wife like she's just overstepping and I'm just like wow this is just like super super relatable like with with many moms I know I'll just leave it at that and when Fred takes off, he goes into like the, a tavern, like a pub and Willie's there and he's talking about Charlene and he's just, you know, he's just smitten over her. So you also see like Fred trying to help him out and teach him how to dance. And so it's like, you see that he is just not this one dimensional asshole. Like he, he has depth to him and he cares And he wants to help. And so after that, you then see Clyde. So Kevin Spacey's character, like shredding all of the kids' letters. And you know, he's doing that to one, I think, drive a a deeper wedge between Fred and Nick, but then also, I think, sabotage Santa And because he just wants to see Santa go down and you're just like, dude, why do you want Santa to go down? Like what has you so miserable that this guy that has made it his life's mission to bring joy to kids one day a year, like what is it about this guy? Like, and you, where you just want to see him go down, you know? 
So you see him doing that and you're like, oh shit. Then there's like a family intervention that happens. So somehow like Wanda is there. You don't know how she got there. Um, and I'm like, are you not tripping out? Like I saw like someone write about this and I totally agreed. I was like, how are you not tripping out that like, the guy you were dating is Santa Claus's brother and that you were at the North Pole for an intervention? Like, how are you able to focus on anything else, you know? And so you feel bad, at least I did, for Fred because he's not really doing anything wrong. And everybody in the family is looking at him and focusing on what he is doing, but you don't see anyone else in the family looking at themselves and going, is there, is there a way I've contributed to this situation? Like, you're just not seeing that at all. So what you find out, like, as the intervention continues is like, it was brought up like because of Fred, but his erratic behavior was causing like Nicholas stress and the wife is telling like the mom all of the health issues that he's having. And I'm like sitting there and I'm like, so you're telling me Fred is causing all of this. Like Fred's been up there a couple of days. Like maybe it's not just Fred, you know, I'm like, I don't know. Maybe he has a lot of stress because he has a lot of pressure. Like, and his mom probably puts a lot of pressure on him. Like, I'm just. I'm just going around and just asking myself all these questions because I'm just like, it is not fair to put all the blame on this person. And that's how the intervention started, but that it just kind of went a different path. So they're still focusing predominantly on Fred and Wanda says something. And, and for me, I'm like, that's, that's it. Like, that's the whole thing in the movie is, you know, you won't let anyone love you because you don't think you're worth loving. And like, he gets pissed off and he like takes off, but I'm like that, that right there. I'm like, that's, that's everything to me. And the reason that I feel like he didn't feel like he was worth loving, like being loved is because of how his parents just favored his brother over him. And so I feel like that totally dictated how he shows up in the world and the person that he became because he had this brother that he pledged like, I'm going to be the best big brother to you. And he tried, but then like Nick just had this spotlight on him and he was in the shadow and the mom was so overly critical and for me, I just feel like this is just so relatable for so, so many of us. You know, I think a lot of us have challenges with value and self-worth. And, you know, I look at honestly relationships that I was in before, or even just how I showed up with other people because, I thought I was less than, and it was like, if I wasn't adding value in a certain way, if I didn't feel like I was adding value in a certain way, then I didn't matter. And everybody was better than me because 
everybody's feelings, everybody's thoughts mattered more than mine did. My job was to make sure everybody was comfortable. Everybody was happy. So I was in the shadow of pretty much everybody else. And I've come to realize that, no, I matter just as much as everyone else. And a lot of the behaviors that I engaged in were just because like, I didn't value myself enough. And so when I watch this movie, it, it resonates with me because it's relatable. Not that I grew up in a sibling shadow, but just that for many reasons, many of us don't feel good enough, worthy enough, lovable enough. We aren't shown a lot of appreciation for who we just are at our core. And when Wanda says that, I'm like, that's, that's everything right there. And I feel like that's why he leaves because she hit a nerve and she hit a nerve because that's how he feels. And it's funny because um, he walks out and he runs into Kevin Spacey and Kevin Spacey, like Kevin Spacey wasn't there at the intervention, but he tries to like empathize with Fred and I'm trying, like, I still watch the movie and I'm trying to determine like if it's actually genuine or not, but he talks about his siblings and that his siblings were, I think like doctors and he talks about growing up in other people's shadows. And he talks about like, you know, yes, there's this tree, but then this other tree like grows bigger and taller And this other tree is basically just struggling to survive in the shadow of that other tree. And the only way that that tree is going to thrive is if you cut down the other tree. And so like Vince Vaughn's like, what are you talking about? You know, like the fast talking and calling kind of calling out Kevin Spacey's character on his shit. But you're like, oh, like it starts to make sense now. You're like, okay. So this might give us a little insight into Clyde and he and Fred probably aren't that different. So that's one of the things that I talk about too a lot is on the surface, we can all seem very different from each other. But once you start to become curious about other people, you'll find that even if you think you have nothing in common, there is likely something there that you have in common and you can actually start to build a relationship on. And I feel like Fred saw that, but was like, yeah, like this guy's an asshole. Like I'm not like him. Like I'm not going to be like him, but I think it, they're actually very similar. Like, especially when you hear about Clyde's brothers, you know? So the next part is like, they're in um, the room where they see like the nice and naughty board where there's a nice and naughty board. And you see like Sam. um, So Vince Vaughn's like friend from the apartment, 
you see him take over the number one spot. And so then Vince Vaughn like goes to the snow globe and asks to see Sam and he sees Sam in the orphanage just kind of being an ass and, and like he's ragging on Santa and just kind kind of calling bullshit. And then there's a kid that's telling him like, you're never going to get adopted because you're mean. And so then they start to get into a fight. And I feel again, like there's that additional context. It's like, yeah, if you were to just look at that snapshot, like you see the kids fighting, like you see, let's say you just came in, you know, with the kid telling him that he's mean and then Sam attacks him and then they get in this fight. Like that's all you're going to see. But when you start to like become curious and are like, okay, but why, why is this happening? Like, why is the kid telling him is he's mean? Why is Sam like just kind of being a jerk? But then also because Fred has that visibility into what Sam has been through. Again, it, it, it doesn't excuse the behavior, but it, it helps give context so that you understand that there's more to the picture than what you're seeing in that particular moment in time. And it doesn't make what he's doing okay, but if we can at least start by understanding, then maybe we can be more empathetic, we can be more compassionate, and maybe we can turn things around for someone. And so I feel like he knows the context, he's seeing that behavior play out in that moment. And he knows that what is happening is not how that kid really is. It's just that kid's been through a lot of shit and he's probably reached his breaking point and he's bitter and he's hurt and he's bitter because he's hurt. He doesn't have people to rely on. Like he lost his dad. He probably didn't get the support that he needed. His grandma was taking care of him. Then she couldn't take care of him. So he lost another family member and it's just understanding people at a deeper level and realizing that how they show up is because of other stuff. It's not just because most people have decided, yeah, I want to be an asshole today. And so that moment for me is like really, really powerful in, in the film. So then Vince Vaughn, I know I go back and forth between Fred and Vince Vaughn, but Vince Vaughn is just like, fuck this. Like, I'm going to go and I'm going to mark every single kid as nice. So he has like this little stamp and he's like, boom, nice, nice, nice. And it kind of reminds me of it, like in Bruce Almighty when Jim Carrey is like so overwhelmed by all the prayers and respond, like replies to all with like, yes. So everybody's, everybody's prayer comes true And then it's just like chaos. So that's kind of like what this reminded me of was that. So he's checking every kid is nice. Like he's stamping every kid is nice. But the North Pole, like Santa's elves are struggling to make enough toys to give all of the nice kids a toy. And now they're supposed to give every single kid a toy like Holy shit, that's a lot. So then Clyde comes in and pulls up the snow globe. So I guess like it can go back in time. He pulls up the snow globe and he shows Nick what Fred did. So then 
Fred and Nick like have this battle of words and they're like they're in the the North Pole like they're in the village and they're throwing snowballs and you know um like Fred makes a comment about Nick's weight and it's just like all this childhood crap comes out and the part that like makes me sad is you know, after like they get out all their frustration, they're both lying on their backs next to each other in the snow. And Nick says something about Fred hating him. And I'm I'm probably going to get choked up. And so Fred tells him, he's like, I don't hate you, Nick. Like, I just wish you were never born. And I'm like, wow, it might, I, I somehow I feel like saying you hate somebody like that that is less sting than wishing someone was never born. And I'm like, how being Nick, like how, how do you come back from that? You know? And I do have to admit there are times where (laughs) I felt like my sister who is older has felt that about me. Um, She's never said it, but I think that that moment is really impactful because I guess like, yeah, I felt that too. And um, again, like, how do you recover from, from someone actually saying that to you? Like your brother, this person that you love that you grew up with. And so Nick then becomes honest with Fred about who Clyde really is, that he's this efficiency expert that He's really there to assess the situation and and probably like shut the North Pole down. So because like there's no way, because of what Fred did and checked every kid is nice, Clyde comes by and like lets Nick know, hey, you know what? Like you're not going to be able to even come close to like meeting this goal of giving every single kid a toy. Like I'm shutting you down. So Fred goes home and Fred gets the money from Annette and then she gives him a gift, you know, and she's like, this is from Nick. And when he opens the box, there's a note from Nick and it says, I'm sorry, I cut down your tree. And it's either the same, I, I think it's the same birdhouse. Um, I don't think it's like a replica. I think it's the birdhouse. And so like you see that and you're just like, oh my gosh, like that's just such a sweet gesture. And you, from the beginning of the movie, like that seems to be like where Fred was just like, I'm just done with him. And so for him to like, for Nick to, remember like what it was and I'm like how long did he have the fucking birdhouse for (laughs) you know like why did it take this long for him to give him that but that was like what he needed like he needed the tree is not back the bird is not back but the acknowledgement of something that was so painful and impactful for him like he just wanted to feel like he mattered and I think the acknowledgement of something being taken away from him that mattered so much to him that opened a door. So (laughs) one of the funny things in this movie. 
So after that, he goes to siblings anonymous meeting. And what's funny about this meeting is you have Frank Stallone. So you have Sylvester Stallone's brother. And he's talking about Rocky. And then you have uh, Bill Clinton's brother. And I don't know what his name is. And then you have Stephen Baldwin. (laughs) Just thought it was just so random. And so like, you know, I mean, it's basically like brothers of celebrities, you know? And so Vince Vaughn is trying to like talk about like being Santa Claus's brother. And it's just, it's funny. But in that meeting, like he realizes he loves his brother and he wants to help his brother out. So the 50K that he was going to give to that debt collector, I I don't remember why he was in debt up to 50 grand, but he basically uses that to get himself back to the North Pole. And so he shows up and he's like, you know, we can do this. We can do this. And he tells his brother, you know, he's like, yeah, I, I did this. I, I marked every kid as nice. You know, he says, because every kid should get a toy on Christmas. Like every kid deserves to know that there's someone out there thinking of them. And you're just like, like, damn, Vince Vaughn, you are deep. And he talks about like, there's, there's not really a bad kid, you know, like some kids, like some kids just want to be heard. They want to be seen. They want to know that they matter. And so that starts to get through to Nick. Like he's like in bed. I think he hurt his back in the snowball fight or something like that. So he like starts to realize how he's kind of approached things and how it can be approached differently going forward. And so Fred goes to like rally the elves and because everything's shut down. So he like turns on the lights and everything. And he's like, you know, if you guys are going down, like you're going to go down trying. And what ends up happening is like, he finds out that Nick cannot deliver the presents because of his back or something. And he has to be the one to deliver the presents. And he freaks out because it, family it has to be family. Someone in the family has to deliver the presents and he freaks out. But then he has like this realization. And this is when I got my time frame a little mixed up. This is when he tells Nick, you know, like everyone's a good kid. Like some kids are scared. Some don't feel listened to. Some have had some really tough breaks, but every kid deserves a present on Christmas. And after that speech, like he then suits up, like, he's like, I can do this. I can do this. So, you know, with Willie at the helm of the sleigh, like he is going around and he's delivering presents and eating cookies. (laughs) And it's funny because it's like, he shows up to a couple of houses and they see him and he's just like, Hey, like, this is great. And, um, and then he visits Sam in the, in the orphanage. And he brings him a puppy because Sam wanted a puppy for Christmas. He had written a letter to Santa and he said he wanted a puppy. So he brings him a puppy. And I'm like, how does that work in the orphanage? Like you just wake up on Christmas morning and this kid that didn't have a kid last night or didn't have a dog last night, like now he has a dog. So how does that work? But I don't know. So anyway, he sits there and, you know, his 
Santa hat is covering his face and the kid doesn't recognize the voice or the tall stature. So Vince Vaughn tells him as Santa, you know, like the world is what you make it. And it starts with what you make of yourself. And I want you to believe in yourself because you've got a lot to believe in. And that's really powerful. You know, I I feel like many of us have felt at times that we're victims of our circumstances and like, these are the cards we were dealt. We have to do the best with what we have, but it's like, do we like, can we make things different? You know, like I didn't like living in California. I didn't like living in San Diego. We live in Montana now. If I hadn't had that shift in my mindset, I would still be there and be like, well, this is just where I happen to be born. This is where I just have to stay because I can't afford to move anywhere else. Like if I kept thinking that things sucked and like it was just normal for my life to suck in certain ways, like I would still be there. So I love what he says, like the world is what you make of it, but it starts with you and what you make of yourself and believing in yourself. And believing that like you deserve to believe in yourself. And it was different than what he was telling him before. And so I loved that. And then he takes off and I'm still like, I'm confused about the puppy. Like <laughs> still con- in, in a movie that's about Santa Claus and his brother, Fred, I am confused about the puppy in the orphanage. So one of the things, one of the ways that like Fred can fly is like, they have like a system back with like the elves at the North pole and they're telling them where to go. Clyde sees all this happening. and was like, what the fuck? Like I shut you guys down. Like, I don't want to see you achieve your goal. Like I've already given you your notice of termination. So he goes and shuts things down again because he wants to sabotage Fred. So he like nips that connection between Fred and the sleigh and the elves at the North pole. Like he shuts it down. So like Basically, Fred's like operating in the dark with Willie, you know, on the sleigh. And Nick goes into, you know, that control room, I guess, and finds Clyde. And he tells him, like, I remember you as a kid. And this is part of part of like the movie that really got to me. So he like tells him his address, like where he lived as a kid. And he's like you were on the naughty list and you asked for a Superman cape, but you didn't get it that year. And he's like, I remember when you started wearing glasses and you were getting called four eyed Clyde and you got tired of it. Like how many times can a kid be made fun of before you just reach your breaking point? And he said, you got into fights And you asked for a Superman cape. And so as this is happening, you know, Clyde at first is what the fuck, like just kind of pissed off, you know, like he doesn't want, he doesn't want to let Santa in. And he said, you know, you asked for Superman cape. And he's like, yeah, because Clark Kent wore glasses. And he's like, but when he put on the cape, he turned into Superman. And Nick, he's like, I'm sorry. He's like, I misunderstood naughty kids. And he gives Clyde a cape and he puts it on. And it's really cute. Like, it's really cute. Like, it's an adult sized Superman cape. And Clyde puts it on. And then 
he encourages him to take the glasses off. So Clyde takes the glasses off. And then he just kind of relates to him as a kid. And he's like, okay, like Superman, like I'm going to need your help. And it's just that scene where he just admits that he was wrong, that he misunderstood. I think, you know, he realized that he had been wrong about his brother, that his parents had been wrong about his brother, that Fred wasn't a bad guy. He was just a kid who wanted to be seen and understood. And he started understanding that there were reasons for the behavior and that kids weren't bad kids. There was a reason. And I feel like it it was easier for him to see that because of his brother, but that's his brother adding value kind of like when he was playing the music and just breaking up the monotony and making things fun and lighthearted. Because I mean, like Fred's like a jovial guy and Nick is kind of serious, like not what you would think of when you think of Santa, like now that I think about it and sharing this perspective with Nick, like, and Nick being open-minded and open-hearted enough to realize to just be open, to see a different perspective and realize that he had been wrong. And then really strong enough to admit that I thought was really powerful. And the way he approached Clyde, it was like, I understand. And that's one of the things that, um, I shared in the the episode about Elf is like, people want to be understood. You don't have to agree with someone to understand how they're feeling. And when my therapist, when I was talking to her one, one time last year about something and she responded and she said, I understand this wave of relief came over me. And I realized that's all I need sometimes is just for someone to say, I understand. Like, I don't need people to agree with me. I don't need people to solve a problem for me. Sometimes I just need people to say, I understand. And I feel like that's what Nick did here. It's like, I understand. He didn't talk about how Clyde shouldn't have done what he did. He just said, I understand. And the power in that is great. And so you you now see a different side of Clyde because he feels seen, he feels heard, he feels understood. And so Nick convinces him to turn things back on. And he says, you know, let's give Fred his shot because he's not a naughty kid either. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I don't know if my heart can take anymore. But then of course the system doesn't work. And Fred's going around like crazy and he makes it home. They give every kid a toy. So Fred had this idea. He's like, when he approached the elves and said, you know, if you're going to go down, you're going to go down trying. And he was like, what are good gifts? Like a boy gift and a girl gift. And so they're like, okay, for girls, a hula hoop for boys, a baseball bat. And like the elves are like, but that's not what the kids ask for. And he's like, the most important thing is that it, a kid has a toy to open on Christmas morning. Again, like kids deserve to know that someone's thinking of them and let's do that. So, so then like, instead of making all these different toys, it was 
we're making hula hoops and we're making baseball bats. So they found a way to like make the process work. So that's what he delivered. Like in addition to like all of the other toys that the elves had already made, they made a ass load of <laughs> hula hoops and baseball bats. So he makes it back in time. They distributed gifts to everyone. And then it was really cute. Like everyone goes to the snow globe and they watch like all of the kids like open their gifts on Christmas morning. And I was like, dude, that would just be so cool. Like such a cool thing to do. And so I just had this realization as I was recording this, but Nick's watching it and he tells Fred, he's like, you're the best big brother anyone could ever have. And my notes for this, my very first note was that Fred told Nick when he was born, like, I'm going to be the best big brother. And so to have Nick tell him that at the end, I was like, he was able to fulfill his promise to his brother when he was born. And like I said, I just realized that as I was recording this. And so of course, you know, the, the, the big stuff is, is kind of resolved and, you know, Nick has a better understanding of Fred and why he is the way that he is. And so I think he's able to be more sensitive to him and just more understanding and compassionate. Then you see how things kind of get tied up with that nice little bow. And I don't know how the issues are resolved with Wanda, but he like Vince Vaughn like shows up in the, the father Christmas suit at her apartment says like he he's no longer living in his apartment. They're going to live together. And he gives her like a bear with, you know, I should know the country, but like an English flat. I don't know. I don't know. She's not from the U S so <laughs> like wherever she's from, the flag is from there as well. And um, I don't know, like they somehow magically work everything out. And uh, then, you know, you go back to the North pole and DJ Donnie is actually playing different music. Nick had hired Clyde as a consultant and like, it's really cute. Like, you know, Clyde's wearing a sweater and Nick comes by and compliments his sweater and puts the tag down. And you just see, like, you just see Clyde feel like he matters, you know, like he just, he just wants someone to see him for who he is and give him like those positive reinforcement, those little nudges. And that's what Nick does. And it's, it's cool to see him thrive like in those, those little moments. And it reminds me of just like how we often say like, love is powerful and, you know, or like kill him with kindness. I don't want to kill anybody, (laughs) but you get much farther with people when you're nice, when you're kind, when you realize that everybody has a story, everybody has multiple stories and sometimes they just want to be heard. Sometimes they just need to be understood. Sometimes they just want to feel like they matter. And, and sometimes it takes just like the smallest act of kindness to make a huge shift. And I think there are, there absolutely are those people where, where you're nice and you're kind or you, you do things for them and they just remain who they are. And 
I think we're all going to have people like the, like that in our lives. But I think there are people where, you know, when you actually show that you care and it's genuine, like, it's like a crack. It starts to like crack that tough exterior. And I feel like once you see that little crack, like actually happening, it's not long before everything just kind of opens up, you know, and and there are people in my life where sometimes, yeah, all you need to do is put a crack in that, that tough exterior and they're good. And then there are other people where it's like, you can be kind, you can do a lot of thoughtful things and you don't get anywhere. And I feel like, you know, you have to stop and think like, okay, (laughs) is this, is this worth it anymore? Because our time and our energy is precious. But I would say those people where you see like those cracks, like don't give up because it probably won't take much more to actually get through to the person that they really are instead of the person that they became because of being hurt and disappointed and feeling like they didn't matter. And so the movie ends with every kid getting a toy from that point on. You see Fred kind of still being involved in Sam's life. Sam gets adopted uh, by next Christmas. And you see like the whole family coming together. Um, The mom is still meddling and is still who she is, but it looks like Fred has a better approach to kind of putting her in her place. And then the last scene is, you know, it it zooms out from the apartment and you see the birdhouse outside and you see what I believe is the bird back. And it was just, it was so touching and why I love this movie, it's it's funny and it's entertaining. And I love, like, I love Vince Vaughn. Um, but it's just, for me, it's, it's the family dynamics, understanding the why behind people's behavior, behind kids' behavior, and having compassion for the people that we become because of circumstances that happened where we didn't feel supported or valued or appreciated for who we were. And to me, it also gives people a perspective of like, Hey, a lot of time, like all this shit in our childhood, like it really does matter. Like, even if we think it doesn't or like, Oh, kids are resilient. Well, they have a choice. No, we, we, develop these coping mechanisms and these coping mechanisms evolve into things that probably don't serve us well as adults. And, you know, because we're in Christmas time, you know, there are certain songs or or books that, that we read with my son and, you know, they talk about nice and naughty and this movie like really shifted my perspective on that. So long before I had my son, but I'm just like, and then also just, going through the therapy that I've gone through and just the realization that like what we go through, it impacts us. And when I see kids like acting up or when I, when I see like my son acting up, 
I know that there's a reason for it. Like he's not just being difficult just to be difficult. Like there's a reason. And for me, it's, it's my job as his mom to try to figure out what that, what that reason is. But I also have a lot more compassion for kids now, you know, because I don't, I don't believe that kids act up just because, you know, some kids, the only way that they get attention is if they do something that's bad, that they, if they engage in a behavior that is not preferred, that's when they get attention or they're not getting attention at home and they become like this really (laughs) like crazy kid who is like a performer and just is like a class clown. Again, it's like, it's like the why behind the behavior and realizing that like everybody matters, everybody adds value. It's just sometimes you need to like dig a little bit deeper to understand them. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I really do love this movie so much. I didn't expect it to have this impact on me when I watched it. Um, but I was like, this is pretty deep. And for a Vince Vaughn movie, this is pretty deep. And it's a, it's a fun movie. And again, I just think it's really important to understand like the why behind behaviors, because then it's easier to see someone with more compassion. And when we have more compassion and a desire to understand people, I think we're kinder. I think we're gentler with each other. And I feel like that's what the world needs. So if you need some feel-good holiday vibes, I recommend watching Fred Claus. And I thank you so much for listening. I hope your holiday season is going well, and I will talk with you soon.